0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Welcome to the USC Football Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in L.A. and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? I'm Nara Wang, and alongside me is former USC linebacker Scott Felix. Scott, why don't you tell the folks out there all the different ways they can find our show.
0: All right. If you like us and you like our show, please subscribe and then rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and Believe Podcasts. Our Twitter individually, are Nara Wang Sports and at Scott Star Felix.
1: Let's bring in our special guest of the week right off the top. It's the former offensive lineman for USC, Cyrus Hobby.
2: What's up? What is up, everybody? You know, I played tight end, too, actually. Just That's like, right. You did finish your stint. your
1: career tight end, didn't but
2: you? Let's be real
1: offensive linemen.
2: So yeah,
0: I, I mean, I remember 69 the most. <laughs> yeah, 69 <laughs> is <isn't> real. <laughs>
1: That was his number for all of you out there. <laughs> it right. was number 69. <laughs> That's so much. Oh man. Keep it clean. Keep it clean, gentlemen. But there is a whole lot to unpack after game number one of the season. So we're glad to have Cyrus along throughout the whole show with us. So let's get right to it. USC defeated Fresno State 3123 on Saturday night at the wonderfully renovated la memorial coliseum for the first time in school history we had a female drum major india anderson lead the trojan marching band out and planted her mighty sword at midfield then the game started and it was like we had been transported back to 2018 mistakes that led to the opening kickoff by velas jones 61 yard return being called back usd overcomes it jumps out to a lead and then somehow lets the opponent stick around and stick around. And in the fourth quarter, somehow it is a one-score game. And Fresno State is driving to maybe send the game to overtime. What is going on? Are we in a hot tub time machine here? What is up? Cyrus, take it away, man. me just say
2: male drum major or female drum major. As long as you bring the heat, it don't matter what. As long as you're coming out hot. But it did look like a lot of the same. I mean, we came out hot. We did, It looked like they went through the script well. First 15 plays, we're moving. And then we get happy with ourselves, and oh, we're oh, we're winning. We got this in the bag, you know? And it just seems like it's been the same issues that they've had over the past few years.
0: No, it was, it was really funny. We were at the brewery. Shout out to Tire Biter hey. Brewery. <laughs> just opened up about two months ago. It is the sister restaurant to Jackson Joe's. Go over there if you're looking for a good drink and also some good breakfast in the early a.m. But we were me and Cyrus were at Tirebiter last week, and we were watching the game there. And we saw the first two drives, and that was the first thing I said to Cyrus. I was like, man, I was like, they look pretty crisp right now. They're they're firing out. The ball's getting out quick. These guys are catching the balls. They're getting some yards after the catch. And the only thing Cyrus said to me was, I want to see what they do after they're done with the script. And sure enough, it kind of slowed down after that. So it was interesting to see that.
1: It definitely did slow down. <laughs> I mean, those first few drives. Despite a couple of near picks, they were moving. That first drive, six different receivers caught the ball. It's what the air raid that we were promised looks like. And Stephen Carr, Vavai Malapai, looking good running the ball. Something that we weren't sure was going to happen with the new air raid offense. And especially if Stephen Carr is healthy, that guy is electric. So after the first couple drives, like you said, the script's over. Now we're into the meat of the game and it starts meandering a little bit the old usc ways seem to creep back in and as we move along we get to a point where jt daniels bobbles that snap and still makes the throw gets picked off and then we get to the end of the half when disaster strikes blitz comes up the middle not picked up he goes down knee buckles under him and as we have found out torn acl torn meniscus out for the season. What are the ramifications of JT Daniels being out for the season for this team?
0: Well, it sucks. I mean, that's not, that's, <laughs> the, that's not the that's not the best way to have your first game go, but I hope that he's going to recover well and I hope that it's a fruitful journey for him because a lot of times that when athletes do have those catastrophic injuries they come out better on the other end as long as their mentality is the thing that gets strengthened that entire time. So prayers and like all that stuff for JT, I hope that he comes out a better player and a better man after this injury. I think with all that stuff that just happened with JT, I think that that's an opportunity for other guys to step up. You know, I think that it's a good little shock to our team to show that nothing is solidified here. You're gonna go out there, you might be have your last play, it might be this play or it might be 10 years in the NFL. You don't know when your last play is. So for us to be, you know, as Cyrus said, when we're sitting here taking this stuff for granted, you could say when we're starting to get a nice little lead in the first couple of drives of the game. So it's a wake up call for a lot of guys, I think, because it's, it's a precious game. It's a precious moment and for having that happen, it's not a good thing, but I'm excited to see how these guys bounce back.
2: Uh, I gotta agree with Scott. Obviously terrible for JT, but I think the reason why it's so crappy is because they put all their eggs in the basket with JT Daniels. I mean, I'm pretty sure the offense was made, designed around him, and I don't know how this new kid, Keaton, is gonna step in, but he is from Scottsdale, Arizona, so I have some faith. That's Um. right, (laughs) Keaton
1: Slovis, the true freshman who's taken over as a starting QB, is from Scottsdale, Arizona, which just Happens to be where Cyrus Hobby is from. You didn't know Keaton from any kind of connections back in Scottsdale, did you?
2: No, nah, he's a bit younger than me. But I know Desert Mountain, they have, they always have some good football players that come out of there once in a while. Didn't you used to train him in karate? <laughs> Kung Fu? <laughs> karate, yeah, that's the only way I know. He's blue that's about, where, that's I where all the Arizona guys train, right? <laughs> no, I think it's, but to Scott's point, it's like, honestly, it could be a blessing in disguise. I think diversity <laughs> might be the best thing for this team because... Being an underdog sometimes helps guys like SC because we come in and we we score fourteen points. Oh, you know we got this in the bag. They kind of need again. I'm not. I don't wish injury upon anybody, especially coming from a guy who was naturally <laughs> injured uh, at SC. But that kind of diversity. I mean, nobody counts. I don't think anybody's really counting on SC to do much now with JT out, right? I mean, Yeah, could be good for him. Huh?
1: And, of course, he is the guy that the new offensive coordinator, Graham Harrell, raved about. Talks about his arm talent. And we did see a little bit of that, that 41-yard throw, left hash to the right sideline. And Vaughn makes a really great catch. But that throw was as tight a throw as you could ask for. Yeah.
2: It was supposed to go one way with JT, and now this kid—he's got the arm strength. So that's a good start. And you got receivers that can freaking run around. I mean, we got weapons, and who knows with a kid like that—if he's just maybe he's got a blank enough slate where he can just come in and kick some butt.
0: Obviously, we never wish injury on anybody. Let's get that established. But if it is going to happen, it's better for it to happen at this time in the season where it's early enough for these guys to really rally around this kid and give him support, give him a little bit of confidence, and. Hey, buddy, uh, your first game is against Stanford, so get ready.
1: So one of the things we talked about coming in that we hope to see that would be different from last season was the undisciplined play from last year, all the penalties, the game management issues from Coach Helton and his staff. We're hoping with the new offense, maybe things are going to be a little bit smoother. And on the surface, the penalties seem to be better. Only four penalties that cost 35 yards. But you got to look deeper into the numbers i did a deep dive i didn't promise that there would be no math in this episode so i'm gonna bust some math out on you yeah, guys let's go. so opening kickoff right as we already mentioned mm-hmm. for some reason there are two number sevens out on the field i mean what is going on guys how does that happen on the very first play of the season
0: i honestly laughed for
1: about 10 minutes <laughs> it was it was one of those
0: painful laughs where just a tear comes to your eye right, at the same time but Coach Baxter, man, the guy is like a genius on so many levels, but it's just like the most simple things that just constantly go wrong. And it's just like, how much are a genius are you if you can't do two plus two, you know? I love the guy, but it's like, dude, that is square one right there. That is the first step. And especially, too, it's like, I understand there's like two number like 43s or something like that, because that's kind of hard to spot, but when it's two number sevens, <laughs> it's like, dude, like you see that right there. Come on, man.
1: Not situational awareness, as uh, Coach Baxter would say. So. Five-yard penalty, they re-kick, and Jones decides to return the kick, gets to the 19. So in reality, there was a loss of 55 yards on that play because he had a 61-yard return. We would have had the ball at the Fresno State 26. Instead, we started at our own 19, 55 yards in penalties. All right, second penalty. Very first drive, first and 10 at the Fresno State 15. Pass over the middle, Michael Pittman Jr., touchdown. Nope. And it was going to look good for my player I believed in last week. And we're going to get to that in the last segment. (laughs) But I was feeling good about myself right there. And then the flag comes out. Those damn
0: believers.
1: (laughs) Illegal man downfield on Jalen McKenzie. Uh Five-yard penalty. Okay, so a five-yard penalty. But in reality, that negated a 15-yard touchdown pass. Uh Back it up five yards. So that's 20 yards. All right, third penalty. Still in the first quarter, our third drive. We have a third and 16 at our own 35 43-yard pass. Amon Ross St. Brown. Everyone's cheering. Nope. Illegal hands to the face by Elijah Vera Tucker on the line. Blatantly obvious. Middle of the line. Guy's helmet flies off. off. I mean, you're not going to miss that if you're an official. If you are missing that, then you shouldn't be an official, basically. (laughs) So that's a big one. 15-yard penalty. But again, it took away a 43-yard pass. So we lost 58 yards and then we didn't have a penalty again until the third quarter. We had a first and 10 on our own 20 and Vavai Malapai first of the drive busts out a 35-yard run But wait holding on Eric Krohmanhoek 10 yards back it up from the spa of the foul though So they basically gave him a seven yard gain and then that was where the holding took place So it backed it up 10 yards from there. So it became a first and 13 So on that one we lose 38 yards from where we would have been to where we end up playing again Add all that up, 55-20, 58-38, 171 yards lost plus a touchdown. So yeah, you can say four penalties, 35 yards, looks really good. We wiped out four huge plays that took away 171 yards and a touchdown in reality. That's what we're talking about here, where, okay, the penalties are cut down, but they were so impactful. That's part of the thing that I think a lot of fans are unhappy about. What do you guys have to say to that?
2: I think, luckily, it's the first game. Hopefully, this is the game where you get that stuff out of the way. You know, you've been in camp, you're nervous, whatever, the new Coliseum. You're so locked into your moment doing your job, you forget about your things. But like you said, those are huge penalties. And you can't, it's Fresno State, you can't get away with stuff like that against Stanford, against the rest of the Pac-12 team. So, yeah. again, hopefully they got all that crap out the first game and can come together as a team, which is obviously what they're going to have to do to beat much better teams.
0: Not only is it something that is obviously very painful to see when you're seeing these touchdowns being taken away and it's like, oh, look at all these yards that are being lost as well. It's a huge hit for the team when they have these big emotional plays, you could say, where the crowd starts getting involved and they're like, oh yeah, we're doing something good. And then it's like, oh, you see the yellow flag and you're like, (laughs) oh. And so it really, it gets you up and then it gets you down even lower. So I have lived through this. I don't know why it happened so many times, but there was, I could like three or four times that I got a sack in a game. And every single time, for the first like four sacks that I got in my career, I would get a sack, I'd be freaking crazy about it. And then I look over and it's uh, it's hands to the face, Claude Pellin, thanks Claude. Um, another one like holding by Chris Hawkins it's just like I, you look over and it's just like dude just come on man and you know a sack isn't as crazy as a touchdown but for us guys that are rushing constantly and just tongues hanging out of our mouths trying to get this guy especially nowadays in the Pac-12 it's something that you appreciate and then when you
1: see that flag it's just depleting Momentum killers. That's really what it is. I mean, you're just killing momentum. Everyone's happy. The crowd is happy. And then you just bring them all down. And that's been a theme with USC in recent years. Another theme is Tyler Vaughn. We should be talking about him being the player of the game, basically. He had 11 catches, 150 yards, but he also dropped the ball three times. Crucial drops. He had that... I don't know why he fielded a punt at the five-yard line. That made no sense. So things like that where... There's good things, but then there's these negative things that come with it. And USC just can't seem to figure that out.
0: Oh, man. That makes me think about for some reason bringing up Tyler Vaughn's. It it reminded me of when I was watching the Oklahoma game this week. And I was just looking at those guys at Oklahoma, and I'm like, God help us if we play those guys right now. You know, those guys look like (laughs) grown men on that field. They look like it's like semi pro NFL football on that field. These guys are jacked. They're running after people. They're trying to destroy people. And then with our thing, it looks like the game speed is turned down on 2K. You know, it looks like we're they're playing it very fast over there at Oklahoma, and then we're playing at normal. Stuff to look at when, you, when you're watching other games in these national broadcasts.
1: And so that brings me to the end of the game. It's a fourth down and one to go at the Fresno State 44, and we call timeout. Everyone thinks, okay, we're just going to bring the punt team out there. Under three minutes to go. Let's just punt the ball away. Let the defense do its job. Nope. Coach Helton decides he's going to go for it. The snap is bobbled. There's a bad exchange. I don't think it would have mattered, honestly. The guy was in the backfield anyway. I mean, making the hit. And so now we give Fresno State a short field. All their timeouts left to try and make a drive. they almost... Get it done. Thankfully, Isaiah Polamau comes up with a huge interception at the end there. But it's these game management issues that continue to pop up that have Helton on the hot seat, which reminds me. I'm going to put up this Twitter poll every week. We had the first Twitter poll of the Helton hot seat scale. Where I basically put down four choices on a poll on Twitter, and I just ranked it in hotness of chili peppers. So I know a lot of foodies (laughs) out there, maybe. Cyrus knows about peppers. So so we're checking this out. So the top top one, again, the hottest pepper in the world, the Carolina Reaper at Mm. 2.2 million Scoville heat units. (laughs) After that was the Ghost Pepper, over a million Scoville Heat units. Then Habanero at 350,000 SHU and Cayenne at 50,000. Had people vote on it, the results came in. 50% of the votes were for the Carolina Reaper. Carolina Reaper Reaper won with 50% of the vote. (laughs) 21% for the Ghost Pepper, 7% for Habanero, and 21% for Cayenne. We're going to do this every week to see how the helton hot seat scale is tracking throughout the season i'll be posting up every sunday after a game so guys what's going on i mean you both played with coach helton on the coaching staff let me reiterate about coach helton there's not a bad word to be said about the man as a human being he is as good a man as there is out there but it's these game management issues that continue to crop up that have fans so angry what is going on with him and making these decisions at crucial times that just seem to backfire? It's muy
0: caliente, to say the least. Uh, it's very, very hot right now. Uh, as everybody knows for the who listened last week, I was very optimistic. And I still am out of, you know, a little bit of bias for Coach Helton. But watching that game, man, it was just, it's just the same thing. You know, same exact thing over and over and over again. We, it's not that we're getting dominated up front, not anything else. It's that we're shooting our own selves in the foot. And that seems to be the reoccurring theme, day in, day out. And it's getting old, man. And, I, and I'm getting frustrated watching it. You know, there's just the most glaring thing when you watch the game is how just poorly coached it is in terms of situational awareness. And it's, it's really frustrating as a former player to watch.
2: I mean, Helton's been on the hot seat for things like since he got in, really, I don't know if a lot of people really agreed with him being there. And I know he gets a lot of crap and probably should, but there's a part of me that feels like he's been set up to fail. And I feel like a lot of coaches in recent have been set up to fail at SC, so I don't put a lot of blame on the coaches. I think a lot of it comes from other places, higher up. But as far as in-game management, I guess not having trust in your defense, not having trust with a young quarterback. I mean, the running game looked good, fourth and one. I I would maybe you know, take that dice with those running backs personally. I mean, I like, they run hard and for one yard in the O-line if they're playing right, but then you see guys trying to do too much snap bobble dudes flying off the edge, so Coach Allen is, is going to be in a hot seat, and honestly he probably won't be around much longer, which is a shame, because I'd love to see him on staff. I think he actually, genu- like you said, he actually genuinely cares about players and developing them, not only as football players, but also as, like, decent <laughs> human beings. Is he the best head coach? Maybe not, but I really wish that they would find a way to keep him around one way or another. Yeah.
1: All right, let's try to pick things up now. Let's look for the positives <laughs> that go. came out of the game. And I'm going to start off, you mentioned it, the running game. Yeah. Huge positive. Oh, yeah. Vi goes for 23 uh, carries, 134 yards, and a touchdown. And the reemergence of Stephen Carr, no one was really sure what to expect. He's been hurt. I mean, when he was a freshman, everyone was like, oh, that guy's like the next Reggie Bush. And he comes back, he has 56 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Six catches for 43 yards, touchdown. And he looked great out there. He's making people miss. To me, he was the biggest surprise because we hadn't seen him. They'd be maybe holding him back and not wanting him to get hurt in camp and everything. But that was stunning to me how good he looked out there. The other thing I would say on the defensive side, the freshman, Drake Jackson, first true freshman defensive end to start the season opener since a pretty good guy, Everson Griffin, back in 2007. Griffin turned out pretty good. Drake Jackson looks like he's going to turn out pretty Mm -hmm. good. Three tackles, a half sack, had another tackle for loss. He batted down one pass, tipped another one away. That's a promising sign for a kid who's so young and still learning. And then my third positive, I would say, is... Valus Jones Jr. returning kicks again one got wiped out but then in a huge momentum swing after they had gotten to within four he takes it to the house hundred yard kickoff return touchdown and that really swung it back toward USC allowed us to get a little bit more momentum we added another touchdown went up 31-13 before then the wheels kind of fell off again but to me those were three huge positives about the game.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, you see him running it back on kickoff and you can see how bad he wants it running that ball. That's kind of what we talked about last week when you see that guy digging for those yards it comes off on the screen. Like you're able to see that from a couple seats away. That was a huge positive just seeing how hard the running backs were running. Uh, we haven't really seen that in recent years. There's a lot of dancing in the backfield. So that was really positive to see. I was happy with that. I was pretty I was pretty impressed with the with the defensive line for the most part. They did their thing. They they did what we expected them to do. They didn't play above expectations, I would say. But uh, like we said, it's the first game of the season. They're gonna get their feet wet. There's, I'm, I keep reverting back to like where I want to see better things, but just with those small little, you know, victories, we'll take those for right now.
2: The running game was so fun to watch. I mean, especially as old lineman, like, seeing guys coming off the ball, moving, and then watching running backs. I mean, Stephen Carr obviously looked amazing, but Bavai is hitting dudes. And that sets you up, the other running back, because you're used to getting pounded, and then this dude seven. He runs hard. They both run amazingly hard. And that's, like, fun to watch as a football fan and as an old lineman for me, just to see five guys coming off the ball, moving guys, and then running backs that know where to take it. And then you said about the D-line, I mean, one thing i freaking hated watching last year was his d-line i mean all respect to those guys (laughs) but they were getting blown off the ball like just i'd see guys like 10 yards back i'm like what are you what are we doing these guys are not getting blown off the ball maybe they're not always in the right spots but they stick their ground and i'm really anxious to see how they do against a team like stanford coming up but that d-line looked much i was those are the two things that i was much happier watching
0: I was talking to a former Oklahoma football player who played O-line over this weekend, and he went to the game, actually, and he said that the biggest thing that he noticed was the size of the D-line. And he's like, you guys are built for a team like Alabama. That's the, that's the team that you want to match up against.
2: Right.
0: I don't know about that, <laughs> quite frankly. But in terms of like size and style, you know, yeah, I can see that. He's like, it's, like, it's going to be a matter of you guys being able to make offenses play your game by the way that the edge players play and the way that the, the back end is able to cover receivers, because if we're able to get them into a bully ball situation, which is what this weekend will be, our odds are uh, on our favor.
1: Really, we hope you guys are enjoying our discussion so far. I am Nara Wang, Scott Felix is my co host, and today we are joined by our special guest, former USC offensive lineman Cyrus Hobby. And if you are enjoying us, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes, and we're available wherever you can find podcasts on your favorite directories iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And of course, you can find us at believe.com, B L E A V. Dot com and at believe podcast and then our personal Twitter accounts Scott's at Scott Star Felix, that's two T's two R's I am Nara Wang Sports N A R A W E N G Sports and Cyrus find him on Instagram at Cy C Y H O B B I for Cyrus so now let us transition to the team that USC is playing this week. Pack 12 opener, Stanford University. Ooh. The Cardinal make their trip down from the farm to play USC again. We always seem to play these guys every year early, and I understand why. It's because we schedule Notre Dame both schools, and so there's always that breaking up the schedule to make sure you're not playing too close to a Notre Dame game. I get it, but having to play Stanford so early is, I don't know if that's the best thing in the world, but what are your guys' memories from playing against Stanford in your careers? I love it. I love playing Stanford early.
0: It's a great test for us instead of, you know, playing these like Fresno States and, you know, BYUs and all these schools, respect to them. But Stanford is a different level of energy, and it brings out a little bit more dog in you, and it reveals men compared to boys. And honestly, of all the games that I've played in, Notre Dame, UCLA, all these like Pac-12 championships that we played in, Stanford is by far the best time to play as a football player because it brings you back to old school football. It's literally another team that wants to bully you and you are like, okay, let's play, let's do this. And as a front seven player and as also as you know as, as Cyrus was an offensive lineman, us people in the trenches, we love that because we don't have to keep as long as I don't have to keep running side to side against Oregon and coming back within 20 seconds of the play being over. I'm good, you know, so I'll, I'll I'll get punched in the mouth all day but as long as I don't have to keep running side to side.
2: I think Stanford's evolved as one of our main rivals the past like 10 years. I mean, they've had our number. We've gone back and forth. <laughs> Shoot, my first year was that Andrew Luck triple overtime game. I mean, that was one of the coolest college football games I've been a part of. And obviously, my first start was against Stanford. And like you said, man, they just they have our number and they just they play aggressive, the O-line and D-line. I like their style of play. They're smart players. And they're assholes. Pardon my language, but they talk a lot of smack. So I think that's why they've they've evolved as one of the big uh, yeah. the big rivals because those guys are not friendly on the field. And it, but it's good. It's good for the game. I mean, I love it. And the fans, all that craps fun, So playing them early, bring it on, dude. Let's let's get some Pac-12 football going.
1: Now keep it clean, Cyrus. Sorry, but what, what what kind of stuff are they talking on the field? meanie <laughs> well you I said mean, keep it clean right? you, sure, but you can. i mean as clean as possible i mean are they are they using like highfalutin stanford vocabulary words like, <laughs> right you're not as smart. your iq is low buddy
2: i don't know man i just didn't i didn't have good feelings with them they just feel like they feel like they're better than you and they try to cheap shot they're trying to like i mean credit to them like they're trying to like you said bully like they're hitting late in plays they're staying on guys they're laying on guys like they're just they're not going to do They're going after the whistle. So I, I never had a good time with them. I always thought they were the biggest blank um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. going against. But pretty I don't know about sure. you.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, there's just, like you said, I think that of all the teams that we've been playing the last few years, UCLA, like a little brother that just kind of got to <laughs> <see> <laughs> It's just annoying. Yeah, yeah, just, just annoying. Kind of you got to slap them around <laughs> a few times so he doesn't tell mom. That's pretty much it. Notre Dame is like, I look at them as like more respect. Like, I respect what your program offers, but I don't like you. Stanford, it's like I genuinely don't like you, but I like respect (laughs) you at the same time because that's where your best your best battles That's what bursts from it, but I don't know man. They're a little cheap sometimes and You know what like we'll return the favor every now and then we're not no Saints in this uh, battle either But when you have these guys who are just like, you know constantly talking smack across the ball and then they want to like play a little bit late after the whistle it's like okay, okay, we can play that game. Let's let's go dog power real fast and see where my fingers go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, like, keep it clean. It is. <laughs> no, no, they
2: I really think they're one of our more more um, ripe rivals. So I, I like getting it on early with them. Screw mm. it. Yeah.
1: All right, we lost our starting quarterback. They may not be. With their starting quarterback, KJ Costello, took a nasty hit that was somehow not called targeting in that game against Northwestern. He's questionable. We are taping the show on Thursday, just so everyone knows. So we haven't seen an announcement yet on whether Mm -hmm. he's going to play or not, but it did not look good. But even more concern for them, I think, is that their stud left tackle, Walker Little, preseason consensus All-American. He's out for at least a month, so we don't have to deal with him. They're going to have a freshman taking his place We talked about our defensive line. We gotta take advantage, right? If they're gonna miss their left tackle and their quarterback,
2: I think we actually match up better against Stanford this year than previous years. Like I said, our D line looks freaking stout, and the reason why Stanford's been able to like run all over us because they have smash mouth football on both sides of the ball. And now we got a D line that can stick in there. We got, I mean, we've had linebackers, but. These guys are pretty athletic. Our O-line, when they're playing together, they look good. And our running backs running hard. I think this might be a... This it could actually end up being a really good game, just as far as matchup-wise, I think.
0: It will. It will for sure. I mean, every single game that we've had, very, very few has ever been where they beat us by several touchdowns. You know, I mean, aside from last year. But every single game that we have, it always comes down to the wire. There's a lot of big hits in there. There's a lot of emotional turns, a lot of emotional swings in there. So this is my favorite game to watch as a USC alum as a player as a former player it is my this is, this is like my Super Bowl of the year it's Stanford week it's smash mouth football we got guys lined up across from me saying he's gonna move me from this marker and it's like okay let's do it let's do it
2: and also just the, the guys we got on the outside too could be in our advantage this freshman quarterback how, how he adapts is gonna be obviously a big story but I mean if he can sling the ball maybe we can pound the ball and get over the top of them yeah.
1: And according to what the coaches said, it's not going to be a closed paybook. Granted, there's only 30 plays in the playbook anyway. (laughs) But in the second half, they really dialed it back. He only threw the ball eight times. So We'll see if they open up the reins, let him go. So what do you expect USC to do to get a win? What do they need to do? The key is going to be that they need
0: to establish the run game. and They need to
1: stop the run from Stanford. If
0: you make Stanford one-dimensional where they have to throw the football, they're dead for us we need to be able to run the football uh, how we however we choose if we get 4 yards on first, on first down it's going to be great because we got a freshman quarterback who's playing in a really big game against a team that knows us very well so as long as we have that safety blanket underneath us that safety net to be able to go and have this kid have that comfort of knowing that hey, I can I can check this this play anytime I want to a run and we're going to get a guaranteed 3 to 4 yards that will be the biggest factor in this game.
2: Adjustments. Adjustments throughout the game is usually how Stanford gets us and actually a lot of teams. I mean Fresno adjusted pretty well. Luckily we have talent and we were able to yeah. overcome but when I played Stanford I mean we had a tie ball game going in or we might have been down by a touchdown yeah, and half. Touchdown. Stanford came out half just knew our freaking playbook man. They were blitzing. They knew where we were going. I mean they David Shaw's had our number for a while, so if we can get those adjustments and it comes back to coaching, I think we win this game, but we like to come out hot and think we got the game in the bag and then we just coast. It's like, no, they're sometimes you know you watch the Patriots, they take it on the chin and then they adjust and they come out and kick people's butt, so hopefully we can adjust yeah. this it, game instead. It's
0: It's good for every single fan to watch the game, the Stanford games, because it reveals a lot about our team, reveals a lot about our character, you're gonna see guys on USC get pancakes sometimes. You're gonna see it on the other side as well. It's gonna be how those guys come back after they just got slugged in the mouth and how they go and attack Stanford. If they coast after they get smacked in the mouth, then it's gonna be a long season. But if we sit there and we really watch how these guys battle, how they give and they take, it's gonna be a heavyweight boxing fight. That's all it's gonna be. So if we sit there and we look at these things on Saturday and evaluate, man, that kid, he got he got, he got got blown up on that play, but he came back the next three plays and he was getting after that guy. So it's going to be something really telling after this weekend.
1: And again, we got to watch out if KJ Costello isn't playing. They've got this young guy, Davis Mills, that their coaches are hyping up, just like our coaches are hyping up Keaton Slovis. So that'll be an interesting dynamic there, two backup quarterbacks that... The coaches were really talking up, but no one expected them to be playing this early. (laughs) And so we shall see. That's this weekend, 7.30 p.m., another night game at the Coliseum. You can watch it on ESPN or you can catch it on the new flagship station for USC football, 7.90 a.m. locally here. And obviously we'll be watching to see if there are some adjustments after week one's kind of reverting to previous years. Are these young guys going to be able to continue to take another step, another step, and continue on. Again, if you're enjoying us, please go on iTunes, subscribe, and rate us. You can find us at all of the favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And, of course, the website is Believe.com, dot com, and at Believe Podcast. On Twitter, I am at Nara Wang Sports, N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. Scott's at scott star felix two t's and two r's and our guest today cyrus hobby he's on instagram at c-y-h-o-b-b-i cy hobby okay now it's time for the fun the end of the show predictions segment and we gotta do something i think scott to make this more fun a bet Mm-hmm. For the end of the season, whoever's the best at predicting things at the end of the season wins something. Any ideas on what you want to have as the bet to pay off?
0: When you say end of season, do you mean regular season and then going into bowl game or after the bowl game?
1: That's I a big, big fact. Th- I mean, game. I think if there's a bowl game, I think we got to wait for the bowl game. Okay. All right, cool. So end of the regular season. <laughs> Dope.
0: I say this. Whoever loses has to stand outside of wherever bowl game we play in, or and if we don't, then the first game of next season, you stand out there in a golden thong outside of the Coliseum and you sell hot dogs for the whole pregame.
1: And we I have and we have and we have, and we have and we have thong. and we have a big old <laughs> sign that says <laughs> Believe podcast, right? there. <laughs> believe in this. <laughs> marketing. Yeah, marketing
0: baby, yes. That's my yeah. bet. That's my bet proposal. Uh, okay. So that's make you do some research.
1: I'm gonna have to go to my lawyer to check if that's uh, allowed. First the of hot dogs all. part? Or is that okay? <laughs> yeah, fine. I mean, there's all kinds, all kinds of licensing, and you know, I don't want to get in trouble with the city. But uh, we're gonna discuss this further. We're gonna discuss. We have a long time to go before the end of the season. But there's gotta be something on the line. Otherwise, when I beat you. I mean, it's it's not going to be – what do I have to look forward to? I mean, if you're going to
0: beat me, then let's make the bet about the thong. <laughs> it's all good. Scott wa- I think Scott wants the thong. <laughs> I thongs. think just want to wear a thong. <laughs> I think he wants to sell hot dogs. The thong, I like to do emotional bets. <laughs> it's easy to be like, oh, man, 20 bucks, or I'm taking you out to dinner at the end of the show or at the end of the season. It's I want to see somebody high do – some, Yeah, high stakes. Do some booty scooters <laughs> outside. <of> your- <laughs> <laughs> <I> <laughs> let's, think- yeah, let's do that, man.
2: God, we don't want to hear your fantasies, man. Yeah. We're just trying to make yeah. a this, bet is, for- this is just a football show. Right? Jeez, this is dude. just a football show. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's uh, referring to my, my party boy. I had a party boy skit for for our rookie uh, when I was a rookie at SC, He wants me to bring out the gold thong back. So it was the end of your
1: career. You <laughs> <back>. <laughs> like, maybe maybe career. whoever loses has to get Cyrus to come out in the golden thong. <sighs> Well, that's down for that. I'm good to go. I mean, yeah, that's it's easy. not as funny though now. Not yeah, as yeah, fat. Not yeah, yeah, as yeah. fat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's recap what happened last week. We uh, we chose our players that we believed in. I went with Michael Pittman Jr. Six catches, 28 yards. He actually caught two touchdowns in the end zone that didn't count. One was taken back by a penalty. The other one he got kind of pushed out of bounds and didn't reestablish. You took the defensive front seven, two sacks by the D-line. John Houston led everyone with 13 tackles, seven of them solo. So I guess we could say that you won, but here, here's my lawyerly rebuttal here, okay? Here's my lawyerly rebuttal. You had a whole front seven. I only had one player. I mean, it seems like it's not quite as fair... On that, I, I almost say it should be a push because Michael Pittman, I think, got you know he got jobbed out of a, a better game. I will say this, coach
0: Baxter, simple and effective schemes that 's playing chess right there, choosing seven people <laughs> <in a bet. laughs> choosing so. seven people in a bet, so I think if we need to look at anything we 'll look at the starters and see who had the fewest amount of tackles or the fewest productions, and if he doesn 't have as good as a productive game as what Pittman had, then yes, I think that you win but or at yeah. least a push. I think as of right now, i I take that W. Okay. <laughs> for right, for, right, for <laughs> wow. right now, I'm going to give it to you. Jeez.
1: I'm, I'm going to give it to you, Scott. I'll give you that win. All right. Our game score predictions. I went 34-21. You went 31-17. The actual score was, of course, 31-23. So I think this is a push. So you got 31. You nailed the 31 for USC. But I was actually closer to the total score. And according to Vegas, I won. Thirteen and a half point favorite going in was USC. So I think again, I, to be fair, I say that's a push. All
0: right, all right. I don't Maybe. think
1: anyone won that one.
0: All right, all right. We'll t- we'll leave that one. We'll leave that one. Yeah. And I then, mean, you can take that W if you want, dude. Take it. Celebrate
1: all wins. Celebrate, celebrate all, all wins. wins. I mean, if you're gonna give it to me, I'll take it. But I'm saying, take it. As long so, as
0: you agree to the hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> again, we are still waiting until I talk to my, <laughs> my
1: lawyer about legal that. Team. All right. And then finally, the (laughs) Scotty shirt thing and Nara's no doubter. No winner here. I predicted four sacks by the USC defense. They got three. They should have probably had five or six more. The way they were getting after it, they were just missing. They couldn't finish off plays. I came oh so close, though, to getting that one. You said that a USC kickoff would go out of bounds. If you had just said any kickoff goes out of bounds, Fresno State. Had a kickoff go off. I think of what the main
0: message was that something will go wrong on a kickoff. Oh, no, 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 you didn't <laughs> say no, that. No, 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 I lost the now bet. But I, no, I lost the bet, but my main suspicion was that something would go wrong on kickoff, and it did. <laughs> oh, on the first play <laughs> of two the Two sevens. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so we both take an L on that. We both take an L.
1: I think on those sure things and no doubters, they have to be exact. We can't get credit unless there's an exact. On the other ones, we can have some leeway and argue about it, but on those, they have to be sure. So, let's get right to it then. This week, the players we believe in. Scott, who do you believe in?
0: Players that I believe in.
1: Or one, or just one player. Mm -hmm. Instead of taking the whole front seven What if I
0: take all 22 starters? Nah, that's (laughs) not a lot. (laughs) Um, I think that that Stephen Carr is going to have a really good game. I think that the O-line is going to open up a lot of holes for him. And I think that he's going to be running with a purpose because I think he's been missing out on a few of these games the last couple seasons. And I think he's going to be coming up there with some
1: juice. All right. So you're going with Stephen Carr as your player that you believe in. And I'm going to go with a guy we featured a lot in Episode 1, Christian Rector. Oh, I think Christian Rector has... Maybe two sacks in this game. I think he's going to take advantage of Walker Little being out for Stanford. And the senior leadership, I think he's pumped. I think he's ready to go. I'm going Christian Rector. I'm going defense this week. You're going offense. I'm going defense. So we switched it up from last week. So those are the players we believe in. Scotty is taking Stephen Carr. I am taking Christian Rector. So now, let's pick our game score. And we'll let Cyrus jump in on this as well for the game score. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. Cyrus, what do you think?
2: I think it's going to be tight. I think it's going to be tight. Uh, I'm going to go 28-26 SC. Got to believe in the Trojans, baby. 28-26. That's a good little pick right there.
1: 28-26.
0: What about you, Nara?
1: You want to go me? All right.
0: Yeah, I want to hear your thing. So I can make my opinion. <laughs> I yeah. You want to go last. You just want to see
1: Alright, so... The injuries on both sides make this really hard for me. I really want to pick USC. I really do. As a proud Trojan alum, I really want to pick USC. But like Cyrus has brought up, like you have brought up, Scott, the recent history just makes it so tough. And I think... If KJ Costello plays, I really think Stanford has an advantage yeah. there. If he doesn't play, it's going to be a lot more even. I'm guessing he's not going to play. I mean, I don't know. He took a nasty hit. If he does play, good for him. Tough guy, but he took a nasty hit. I'm expecting Davis Mills to play. And I think Stanford's coaches have let him kind of do more so far. So he might be just a little bit more prepared than Slovis is at this point. Unfortunately, I am going to go with a low-scoring game. I think it's going to be a brutal in-the-trenches Dog mm-hmm. eat dog type of game. I'm gonna go twenty to seventeen Stanford.
0: Twenty to seventeen Stanford. Yeah. How dare you. you! This is a I, USC football uh, podcast. I don't feel good about myself. Okay. <laughs> Damn it. He did, um, he did give us the disclaimer. He did. He did. He did. Talked to his lawyers before. <laughs> no. um, yeah, man. I think I'm looking at what happened with Fresno State. I'm looking at the defense first of all, because I think that that's the most yeah. important thing against these uh, these Stanford teams. I would say how much? How many points did Fresno score this last game? Twenty-three. Twenty-three. I was gonna say twenty-four. It would have sounded dumb. Twenty-three. I think that I think that Stanford is gonna score twenty-eight points, and I think that USC. I think the USC is gonna score about thirteen. All right. Yep.
1: Twenty-eight thirteen is Scott's choice for Stanford. <laughs> Tommy Trojan, I'm sorry, you just gave him crap. What are right. you doing? I no, know, I know, I know, I know. I have nah, to. Y'all are tripping. USC
2: is going to feel the magic. I'm telling you, they're underdog, and we do better as underdogs. And I don't think anybody has our numbers to win this week.
0: I hope that we win, and I hope that I'm wrong, and I
1: hope that I'm the one out there selling hot dogs this weekend. <laughs> <Listen>, I always <laughs> hope I'm wrong when I pick against USC, right, yeah. but again. There's no, going to be something on the line. i got to pick what I think is going to happen, and I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. Trust me on that, yeah. everybody. Yeah. I,
0: just, I just think that with Shaw having a uh, – he's going to have a game plan for, for yeah. Slovis, man. He's he's going to game plan the heck out of this kid, and it's going to – that's I'm, all I'm nervous about is that. And I think that with the, the consistency that Stanford plays with on offense, it's going to be a big factor for our defense because our defense likes to let up a little bit was the first game last week so i give him a little bit of a leniency with that but again it breaks my heart having to choose against our team but I, i'm a little worried about it
1: all right now it's time for the extra fun predictions it's scotty's shirt sure thing and nara's no doubter where we take a prop bet we just come up with something on our own that has nothing to do with a player with the score it's just some kind of thing that Random thing that we think is going to, guaranteed, happen in the game. Scotty's sure thing, what do you got?
0: Our freshman quarterback fumbles the ball at least once.
1: Keaton Slovis will fumble the ball at least once. Now, book it! Just a fumble? It doesn't matter if he loses the fumble.
0: No, he's going to fumble it. I don't know. I can't, I can't, I can't determine where the ball's <laughs> going to bounce, but he's going to lose a fumble for sure.
1: All right. Yeah. So that is Scotty's sure thing. Keaton Slovis will fumble the ball at least once yes. against Stanford. Yes. Okay, my Nara's no-doubter prediction of the week is USC will commit three turnovers. And that's one of the main reasons why I'm picking USC to lose. I think we're going to kind of shoot ourselves in the foot with the young freshman quarterback. I think we're going to have three turnovers. It may not all be Slovis, but as we saw last week, Vaughn's had the ball, got stripped. So... Three turnovers for USC, and that's going to be the main contributing reason for the USC loss, which is why I'm predicting that. So my no-doubter, NAR's no-doubter, three turnovers by USC. That's a bold statement.
0: I'd actually like to switch my sure thing. Oh. Oh. Yeah, it's not so I'm sure, sure thing. Scottie. Not <laughs> so sure thing. One team is going to win. There <laughs> will <laughs> <laughs> yes. be a winner. There we go. No, I'm just kidding. That's a, that's a fake bet <laughs> for the listeners at home it's fake it's not real don't, don't bank on it
2: or <laughs> do
1: because it might happen <laughs> and <laughs> as always the disclaimer for you at home oh, man. do not use any money and blame it on us when you make bets based on what we say we are doing this for entertainment purposes only yes remember and that
0: I think that another thing that we have to look at this week for a poll let the people speak do they want to see Nara in a golden thong at the end of the season selling hot dogs outside of the Coliseum? And if not, reply with other suggestions. <laughs>
2: <laughs> if not, give us something.
1: And again, reach out to us on social media. On Twitter, I'm at Nara Wang Sports, he is at Scott Star Felix. If you enjoyed this show, again, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. We're available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And of course, the website is Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V for Believe and at Believe Podcast on all social media. And our special guest today, Cyrus Hobby, former offensive lineman joining us. He is on Instagram at C-Y-H-O-B-B-I, Cy Hobby hobby and before we finish this thing up cyrus anything you want to talk about promote what's going on with you since you've left usc let the trojan family know
2: if you want you can catch me acting like a usc football player on hbo's ballers from last from last season that's why i've been up to i've been doing acting it was cool i got to pretend like i was good at football so that was really nice yeah i got to pretend i was an all-american and hard acting good yeah it was very tough i had to really get into character and study with but um it's a good opportunity to work with a guy like dwayne rock johnson and my boy eli gore i was killing it now yeah that's what i've been up to i've been i've been just pretending like i play football now it's much safer for me so.
1: <laughs> much much safer for cyrus to pretend to be a great football player instead of the good football player yeah, you were well some would debate you on. but
2: i really appreciate you guys having me on this uh podcast man it's
1: fun it's yeah. been awesome having you and scott i think you have something you want to announce right
0: Yes. uh, Well, I can't announce it fully because we're announcing it all the way on Saturday. But I'm going to be announcing the book title on Saturday as well as the release date. It may or may not be in November. I'm not sure. (laughs) 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 I can't give the exact date yet just because we're going to release that info on Saturday. But yeah, it's something that I've been working on for about a year now. And uh, it's actually a poetry book and the whole message is to get guys that don't really like poetry or have a certain stigma on what it is and getting people meaning more so of like guys the guys that are similar to us like blue collar guys like watching sports that like to go have a beer every now and then and just kind of chop it up um guys talking about a little bit deeper things talking about things that are more uh relatable in our experiences as men and Yeah, it's something that's very special to me, and I think that it's going to be really cool. It's going to be in Barnes & Noble. It's going to be on Amazon, and we're currently talking to Urban Outfitters right now to get it in there as well. So stay tuned.
1: Awesome. Looking forward to it, Scott. Cyrus, thanks for joining us today. And so for Scott Felix and our special guest, Cyrus Hobby, I'm Nara Wang. It's been a great episode two of the USC Football Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? Believe in SC. Fight on. We'll catch you again next week.
0: And I just opened up my MySpace too, so if you guys want to follow me on that, put you in Top Friends. (laughs) (laughs) Top
1: 8. Did we just did we just take a time machine to 1998? (laughs) Yeah, that's what we do, man. Yeah,
2: I'm not on that top (laughs) eight.
1: So now it's time for the extra fun prediction. Scotty Sure thing. Let me try that again. (laughs) (laughs) All right, now it's time. That's what you get when you go against that scene. (laughs) Tommy
2: (laughs) Trotter. All
0: right. Oh, you guys don't sing? Please, man. You guys don't sing the song to close out? (laughs) We (laughs) should. Bye. Bye.